Chris Papan, Kaw, Osage, Cheyenne River Sioux, and Mixed European Heritage. Uh, grew up in Flagstaff, Arizona, and then uh, came to Santa Fe uh, to go to school at IA, IA, Institute of American Indian Arts. And uh, that's where I met Debbie. And uh, Debbie is from Chicago, but she has roots in Hamas, so that's how she ended up here as well and uh, moved back to Chicago with her. And I've been there for over 20 years now. So just for folks who don't know, who's Debbie? Debbie is my wonderful wife. Cool. Uh, Hamas and Korean. Hamas and Korean. And you guys met going to school at IA? Yes. IA? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just uh, right over here, right next to your house. <laughs> and I, I won't go any further than that about it, but uh, yes, many good times were had here. I'll, I'll leave it at that. What was your um, first interaction with, with, doing, with doing the work that you now do? Uh, well, I guess it would be best to just kind of start at the beginning and say that like, I never stopped doing art you know, mm. ever since I was a little kid. Um, you know, my mom always encouraged me to just, you know, do whatever I felt was right, um, you know, in terms of artwork and stuff. So um, I never really stopped. Um, in high school, in Flagstaff, you know, I, I was really getting into it more, um, you know, so much so that I was like drawing in English and math class and stuff. <laughs> But, you know, Flagstaff being a small hippie town, um, you know, the teachers were into it. Um, you know, they were encouraging me to draw in class, you know, just so long as I got the other work done. You know, it was totally cool. Um, something you probably wouldn't see much these days anymore, unfortunately. Mm. So, yeah, I was in high school, and that's when I really, you know, started to think that, you know, this is something I probably want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and then a recruiter came from IAIA and said, yeah, you know, hey, looking for Native American art students. And, you know, at that time, they still offered uh, tuition for uh, Native enrolled kids. So I was like, hey, I'm enrolled. I'm Native. I want to be an artist. I'm, that's where I'm going. So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up there. And then uh, growing up in the Southwest, you know, of all the commercial type imagery and stuff that you see everywhere you know it was kind of kind of my fear that you know I was gonna be kind of corralled into you know doing art a certain way you know how they have the uh, painters in China now you know in the factory painting the uh, master reproductions and stuff you know yeah. uh, you know that was kind of my fear you know <laughs> the Indian art <laughs> factory or something but you know it, it wasn't like that so but you know I, I did want to you know just express myself as an artist and not necessarily um, really looking at my heritage because I didn't grow up on the reservation and um, my mom and dad separated when I was really young so I wasn't really connected to that side growing up, but going to IA, it was really cool because then, you know, I was hanging out with other native kids and, you know, I was learning, learning about their culture and, you know, it was cool to see, you know, what they knew about it and stuff. And then I was like, oh my God, you know, I have my own culture too. I need to start learning and, you know, figuring out what this is all about. So, and, you know, I'm, I still am. 
you know, it's, it's going to be a lifelong learning process for me, I think. Um, at the time, you know, I, you know, I still wasn't projecting that into my art. I was still, I was trying to kind of go against that, I guess. And, you know, I wasn't really quite sure where I was going to fit in, so. What kind of stuff were you drawing, like high school and stuff? Um... Uh, in high school, it was just like a lot of copying of things. Um, my parents, they um, they had a subscription to Heavy Metal magazine. Sick. So yeah, so I was you know heavily influenced a lot by heavy metal, and then the music heavy metal, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and monster movies and stuff. So yeah, in high school, you know, I would just kind of you know copy what I was seeing and the you know the illustration styles and stuff and. But then when I went to IA, then, you know, I was able to, you know, um, experiment more with different mediums, like with printmaking and, you know, sculpture and that sort of thing. And, you know, go crazy with whatever kind of painting I wanted to do and stuff. So, you know, stuff that kind of had uh, political overtones, um, you know, religious, anti-religious, you know you know being a young punk and just you know being against everything you know that kind of thing totally so but you know you know a lot of us have been there and you know you're still kind of you know trying to feel where you want to go and um i i think you know that that part of me is still there but you know it's it's just a lot more refined now and a lot more subtle and you know it has that undertone i think in my work now but um, so I finished school, I, you know, I finished all my credits at IA and, um, yeah, I wasn't really quite sure what was going to happen next. And, um, you know, Debbie was here with me and she was just like, well, we can move to Chicago. So I was like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I knew that they had uh, the art institute of Chicago there. So, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I'll move to Chicago, maybe go to school there. So, uh, did that, um, enrolled the school, the Art Institute. Um, I only took a semester there. Maybe it was two semesters. And it was just, it was, you know, it was like a totally different world from IA, you know. It's, In what way? Uh, the, well, the student body, number one, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of wealthy kids there um, who are, I don't know, it was, it was just a completely different mindset. And it, I didn't really fit in there very well. So I was just kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't think this is for me. I think I'm just going to try to do this on my own. And it was, it was difficult there. There was a, a real serious transition period because, you know, I was out on my own. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, I wasn't kind of sure. So I thought, well, you know, I have a culture you know, from where I come from, I need to really start delving into that and figuring out, you know, what this is all about. So once I made that decision, I was like, okay, so how am I going to do this? At that same time, uh, Juxtapose Magazine was just starting out, um, you know, when Robert Williams was running it and it was like a quarterly magazine. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, there's here's these artists that are doing these, you know, 
fabulously weird paintings of you know monsters and things but the technicality of it is just mind-blowing that's what i want to do so then i thought oh my god you know if i could combine that with you know my native culture that you know and take that back to santa fe that would just blow people's minds you know? so i kind of started down that path um i did a series of uh pinups on buffalo skulls um, started painting on skateboards and that kind of thing. And then uh, then I saw the work of Douglas Miles. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, this is where it's at, definitely. So, you know, I, you know, then it all started to, you know, to mesh and fall into place. And, you know, and the thing about that, too, is that, you know, it's a greater consciousness that, you know, that we all kind of, you know, like-minded people, you know, are starting to, you know, kind of gel into the same stream i guess mm -hmm. yeah i started doing that you know trying out the little the low brow thing you know i always tell this story of you know it's my epiphany that i had of the, of the ledger art um, you know, having a day job at an art gallery, I was rooting around in the uh, office supply room and I came across this unused ledger book. You know, it was, it's a, you know, it was a, like a new one. Can you explain what one. a ledger book is for people who aren't super familiar with it? A ledger book is um, a book that's used for accounting for businesses or, um, yeah, for businesses and, you know, people that sell things. Uh you know, to keep tabs on their inventory and, you know, all the dry stuff. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a rich tradition in Native American art that's all based on ledgers uh, because ledgers were the introduction of paper mm. to the Plains tribes. When um, the great westward expansion was happening, the... Euro-Americans were bringing with them their, you know, their paper that they had in the form of these ledger books. And uh, the native art was able to be transformed from hides onto the paper. That was like around the mid-1800s then, you know, when the paper was being introduced. And, um, you know, with a lot of nomadic peoples, you know, the book, you know, it's easy to carry and, you know, there's, you know, a lot of pages in it. So, you know, there's a lot of information you can store in this small thing and, and you know, take it with you. Um, so then, you know, after our people started being moved around onto reservations and prison camps, then it, it really became uh, more of a visual uh, record keeping tool of, you know, the life that was being lost. And then also... Uh, you know, when we're in prison camps, when our ancestors were in prison camps, um, there were uh, generals and, you know, the people who ran the camps that were going out and buying, you know, sketchbooks and ledger books for the people to draw in because then, in turn, these drawings were then being sold. So then, you know, it became an art commodity, you know, out of, out of a prison camp. So, you know, it was Damn. prison art and an art commodity. So, you know, I mean, it, it was a total art revolution. Wow. In Native American art. Um, 
you know, and, you know, it was all kind of all happening all at the same time that, you know, the land was being lost and all that. So, um, you know, it was, it was just a really intense time. So based on all of that history, you know, and, you know, having that in the back of my head, I came across this ledger book at my day job and I was just like, oh my God, you know, if I did, you know, if I drew the way that I like to draw in these ledger books, you know, this, this could, you know, be a way to, uh, bring this tradition, you know, kind of not bring it back, I guess, but, you know, kind of bring it into the foreground again and, you know, help carry it on. So that's, that's how that started. So you um, pocketed that ledger book and went home to make some drawings? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, it was just, you know, and then I just started banging them out. I was like, oh my God, this is really great. And then, you know, people started seeing these and it's just like, wow, that's really interesting. And, you know, then I started learning more about the history of ledger art and, you know, looking at some of the artists and, uh, being in Chicago, there's a great library called the Newberry library. And, um, you know, this is just scratching the surface of what they have, but I mean, they have this enormous collection of maps and, um, old paintings and they have, you know, actual ledger books from uh, various artists that were Whoa. collected. And so I, w- I was able to go to Newberry and actually, you know, look at these old books and things. And Is research a big part of your process? Um, not a big part. Well, actually, no, it is a big part. I take that back. Yeah, it, it's a huge part. <laughs> Sometimes I kind of get lost there and it's like, oh, yeah, I have to go back to the beginning. And yes, it is. That's a huge part mainly with old photographs and stuff, you know, my subject matter. But in researching the old ledger drawings, though, the one thing that really blew me away was that I was seeing things in these drawings that I kind of incorporated into my work as well that I wasn't, like, really conscious that I was doing. You know, like repeating imagery, um, using both sides of the book to, you know, to create, like, a larger canvas and that sort of thing. And... Um, you know, just, you know, subtle things like that. And, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, this is really, you know, there's a connection here, you know, and it's, you know, there's a line going through me that, you know, that needs to continue on. So. When you started at that point, was it mainly kind of like pencil drawing that you were doing? And what was your subject matter? Yeah, it's um, it's still mostly pencil drawings. And, you know, my subject matter are um, old people from the past. And um, I, like, I like to look at old photographs of our ancestors. And, and, um, and I, I think that by drawing them and bringing them back is and it's honoring them. Um, and sometimes, sometimes they don't want to come back, you know? So, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll be working on a piece and, you know, it's just not working right. And it's like, well, you know, they, you know, they're done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they had their time and, you know, that's good, but, you know, a case in point, um, one of my favorite subjects of late is uh, princess white deer. Uh, she was an Iroquois vaudeville performer in the early 1900s, and um, uh, particularly Mohawk. 
and um and she traveled around the country and she had like her own wild west show for a while um and you know like every every time i draw her you know it's just you know it just you know keeps on going and going and you know it's just you know i'm finding new things to do with her and stuff and you know and debbie you know she's just like wow you know she princess white deer or esther deer her given name you know she's a powerful spirit you know cuz you know she's still out there you know she's coming back and she's performing again and you know she's an exhibitionist you know wow. so yeah i mean it's just you know it's how did it's you really come tricky. across her uh just you know researching photos on the internet you know one time you know i saw this you know woman in a headdress and i was like oh what's that you know yeah. it's like esther deer princess white deer what you know you know a lot of times you know they're um white ladies you know playing indian maidens and that sort of thing but you know, here's this this woman who thought, you know, to preserve her culture, you know, that she, you know, she had to do this. So, you know, it's just, you know, that was that's that was the thinking at the time, you know, in order to preserve our culture, we just kind of have to play into that stereotype. You do a lot of distortion and mirroring and overlapping, and I'm super interested in what is behind that. Um, with the distortion of the figures, you know, warping and, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's a literal thing because, you know, we're viewed in through a distorted lens, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the stereotyping and then we're guilty of doing that to ourselves as well. So what about the use of like animal heads? Yeah, that's, that's something I just started doing recently. I've, I noticed, um, you know, some of the other lowbrow artists doing that kind of thing, you know, like the cat heads on a business suit, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But this is more of a relation of, uh, contemporizing, uh, traditional native stories, Mm. you know, when, um, you know, uh, anthropomorphic beings, you know, we can change from animals to humans and back, Mm. um, you know, and that's just it's just mythological creatures, basically. And I just I think it's really interesting to um, just touch on that, and it's it's just really fun to draw and paint. And then the the mirroring that kind of that all started as an accident. That was one of those happy accidents that you know I just I I love it. Um, you know, I was transferring a drawing. You know, I was tracing something and then wanted to, you know, transfer it to a different piece of paper or something. And then when I did it, I did it backwards from the way that I wanted, you know, because I wasn't paying attention or whatever. It was early in the morning, something. And then I thought, oh, man, I totally messed this up. And then I thought, no, no, I didn't. I'm just going to flip it over and, you know, just keep doing it. You know, just go with it. And that time, you know, in that time it really worked. <laughs> awesome. But and so, you know. And it's just one of these things that just, it, it's, you know, it's grown from, you know, this, what I thought was a mistake, you know, it's grown into this huge metaphor now, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of us looking at ourselves or it's us looking within ourselves. And, you know, there's, there's just a lot of meanings there that can be read into it. But the thing that I really like most about it is, you know, when I mirror the image and then bring it together, it creates a new thing mm. in the middle and, it's abstract and it's people will see different things in it. Different people will see different things. And, you know, whatever you bring to it, you know, is what you will see. So, 
you know, it, it really engages the viewer and, you know, and, you know, people will see things that I never intended. And, you know, it's just really trippy, (laughs) but, you know, you know, it's amazing, you know, and I love that. seems like you've um, been painting a lot on on your ledger work of recent yeah um uh so you know working on you know a sheet of paper that's eight by 13 or whatever you know it gets to be limiting after a while you know you can open it up or you know you can put some sheets together to make the canvas bigger but again you know it's you know you're just drawing on the paper but you know i want it to go bigger you know i want it you know to just keep expanding the boundaries of it so with my latest pieces in this show at Mokna, I uh, did two really big pieces where um, it's basically a giant ledger sheet that's reproduced wow. as as a painting, and then and then you know some old ledger art reproduced on it, and then my figures. So so yeah, it's it's just kind of taking the ledger and blowing it up basically. Yeah, one thing I should mention too about the the ledgers, you know, when I started out. <clears throat> the book that I found it was you know it was a brand new one but then you know I was doing these contemporary drawings on it and then you know I was kind of being labeled as a a ledger artist which I wasn't really intending intending to happen I guess is that a is that a big thing oh yeah yeah I mean you know there there's some really contemporary yeah ledger artists out there there's uh Monty Yellowbird and um Terrence Gardapee are two big names and then um Sheridan McKnight and Dolores Purdy Cochran. They're uh, two Santa Fe female ledger artists. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, and then after I started doing it, I kind of noticed, like, you know, more and more people popping up doing it. Cool. (laughs) Unite. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, after I kind of, you know, got stuck with this label as ledger artist, I was like, Oh, maybe I should, you know, start looking for some of these old papers and, you know, do the contemporary drawing on the old paper. You know, that would be cool. And so, yeah, I started looking on eBay and then I, you know, got an old ledger book from some general store in New York and started doing drawings on those. And then uh, came across this U.S. Cavalry uh, recruiting ledger book that I was, you know, that, you know, that was a score, man. I love doing drawings on that paper. And what's really cool about the ledger art community is that, you know, the um, artists will, you know, trade papers with each other and stuff. So, Do you have, like, a, some paper that you just stash away that you're, like, saving for, like, some epic piece or something? Um, I was like that at first, but, you know, becoming part of this community of ledger artists, then I've started just getting bombarded with all of this really cool stuff so you know so there's no need to squirrel it away now i was just like yeah i can do this i'm gonna do that and but now it's just a matter of time to get it done because you know my momentum is just like speeding up so you know i'm just kind of scrambling to creep up keep up now 
So you talked earlier about like about being inspired by like Juxtapose magazine and wanting to kind of reach that audience in a way, but through a native lens. Do you mm. feel like you're kind of achieving that route or do you feel like you've kind of fallen more to the side of native artist? I've definitely fallen to the side of native artist. Um, but, you know, that's okay with me right mm-hmm. now because, you know, it's it's giving me a platform and giving me the freedom to kind of develop my craft and, you know, what I want to do and what I want to say. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, I, I kind of feel like I'm on the verge now of, you know, of breaking through that that barrier, that invisible barrier between, you know, <laughs> native art people and, you know, those who aren't into native art. So, cause you know, it's funny because, you know, this native art scene, it's, it's its own little bubble mm-hmm. and, you know, people forget that sometimes. And, you know, once you step outside of that, you know, it's just, you know, there's a whole world out there and, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, some people, you know, strut around the market and, you know, I'm, you know, Mr. Big Stuff. And then, you know, you know, they step outside of that bubble and it's like, who are you? You know, <laughs> that's the perceived attitude, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is it is very true. It's important to understand what a special place it is. Like, it's such a specific small market. Yeah, yeah. And that's not a bad thing to be in that bubble and to be in, on that side of the wall. As long as you're aware. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think awareness is key because, you know, then, you know, it keeps you grounded and, you know, and then, you know, your your attention isn't, you know, just tunnel vision. You know, you can accept things that are coming in from, you know, all sorts of influences. So. Yeah, and I think it's good um, artists like you that are so cutting edge in what you do to be embracing the native art market because it's changing it and it's shifting it and it's opening its mind in a way don't you think oh yeah definitely definitely and there are people you know in the you know there are other people you know who run the markets and things who you know embrace us for that you know they're just like yes please you know we want you to to be here to you know to share your work with people so they can see that you know this this cutting edge work that's actually happening so you know Mm -hmm. so you know things don't get stale and that's exactly why we do what we do you know is to keep it going and so what's a um what's a day in the life of like you in your studio process uh well let's see (laughs) monday through friday it's me going to my day job but uh let's see get up early um help get the kid to school um and then uh ride the train to work and then when that half hour that I'm on the train to work I work on a drawing so I have like my little drawing board and a drawing that I you know that I take with me so I'm always you know I'm at least constantly working on something um and then on Saturdays um you know Jihei will be in ballet and then I'll be able to work on a painting for a few hours and so you know it's all just little piecemeal like that what's your day job if you don't mind me asking i work for an art gallery oh cool yeah (laughs) so you get to see that other side too yeah you know i think that's that's really helped me in my career as well because you know you don't get any of that business experience in art school you know anywhere that i know of um you know it's just something that you have to learn Mm. and you know working for that art gallery you know i've it's really helped me to see you know kind of 
you know, how to present your work and, you know, what needs to be done and, you know, what's, what is professional and what isn't professional and, you know, what people, you know, what galleries expect to see from you and, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, that's, that's helped immensely. And, you know, I think more art schools really need to prepare artists better for that. Although, you know, now with the whole gallery paradigm shifting, you know, to <laughs> almost nothing, <laughs> maybe they don't need that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it is more of a, a personal entrepreneurial spirit that has to be nurtured now, I think. And there are, there are some uh, good native artists that are, kind of exploring that and nurturing that in other people people as well like uh, Louis Gong Northwest Coast artist oh okay yeah he started out doing uh, shoot, uh, vans drawing on the vans oh yeah 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 and so now he like he has his own business and his, uh, his own nonprofit organization and stuff and it's all about um, you know uh, entrepreneurship and you know getting artists to you know, create their own things and sell them and, you know, create a business for themselves and give back to the community that they're from and, you know, that sort of thing. So have you had a chance to like reconnect with your indigenous roots on the level that you would have liked to at this point? It's going to happen this year, actually. Um, so yeah, you know, getting out there to these markets, you know, you have to say what tribe you're enrolled with and, you know, I'm, you know, enrolled with the Kaw Nation. So you know, you know, you start getting recognition for these works that you're doing and it's like, Oh, Chris Papan, Ka Nation. And it's like, Ka Nation, where's that? You know, and you know, oh I've never heard of the Ka Nation. What's the Ka Nation? So, you know, so you know, they've been, you know, kind of been getting a lot of exposure through me. And so now, you know, uh people from the Ka reservation are like, Chris, you know, we want you to come out here. Um so uh this year, uh, this group called Friends of the Caw um, are bringing me to a place in Kansas called Council Grove, and that's the the last place that the Caw were before they were moved to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call ourselves Kansas, and that's where Kansas gets its name. So that's where we originally are from. And so Council Grove, Kansas, is like the last bastion of the Kansas. So and it's a state historical site. And they have like an, an old mission there or something, but you know they have uh, art exhibits and you can give presentations there and things. So they're bringing me out to, uh, to Council Grove. So are you nervous? Uh, a little bit, um, not really. I'm just I'm more excited, yeah, and just you know just really glad and you know it's just gonna be really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to hear how that goes. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I'm nervous about is just actually having enough work to take down there. (laughs) You got to, like, miss your stop on the bus a couple times. Yeah, just keep go around the loop a few times. Well, hopefully it... Hopefully it gets to the point where you don't have to have a day job, right? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... That's that's the goal. But uh, there are so many artists out there, though, that do, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's... It's almost impossible not to function in today's society. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there's some things in the works that hopefully I'll be able to, you know, step away from that for a good while, hopefully. We'll see.
And how is it um, being married to an artist? Can you talk about that experience? It's great on one hand because you get really good feedback on works and you can also give really good feedback on stuff that she's working on. Or you can give really bad feedback. <laughs> <laughs> or really honest feedback. Uh, she is uh, very honest with me, and I really appreciate that because, you know, that's you know, I think more artists need that. And, you know, it, it, you know, if you always have somebody saying yes to you all the time, then, you know, that's, that's never any good. And then your work just, you know ends up being the, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, <laughs> um, there's that, but then on the other hand, it's, you know, it's hard because, you know, we're, you know, we're both trying to kind of, you know, move our work forward and God bless Debbie, you know, she, she, make so many sacrifices for for my work to go further than you know than it ever has before and you know i i try to reciprocate as much as i can for her um but yeah there's there's it's a lot of give and take yeah but you know like i said that you know that the feedback and the conversations that we have are just it's invaluable yeah so but you know it's i mean we're not at the point though where where we can like collaborate on something together. I was just going to ask, yeah. do you guys have you? <laughs> no, no, we haven't. And I, I think, you know, just because of the way we work is too different and it, it just, it wouldn't work with us. I don't think. No, but, so, but that's, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. 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 You know, it's nice to have that space for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, and some people, you know, they can totally collaborate together and work together, you know, but you know, we're just, we're not that. Yeah. And no, that's who that's, we are. But, uh, but okay. you do collaborate. Like I've seen I've seen you kind of dabble in collaborations. Uh maybe just once. I don't know. Uh, I saw the I saw the collaboration you did with Breeze. Oh, okay. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. But with other artists. Yeah. 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 Yeah, with other artists. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I've I've been doing that uh doing that a, a bit more lately, which is really nice. The first one that I remember really doing though was with uh Ryan Singer. Um, we collaborated on a painting and then that was for, uh, Swaya. And then, uh, and then Breeze asked me to collaborate with him. So I was like, oh yeah, this would be great. So, you know, that, those turned out really well. I really like those. And then, um, and I, I want to collaborate with him again, actually. Um, and then I'm working on one with, uh, Shan Goshorn at the moment. Um, Shan, I don't know if you know, she's a basket weaver. She's Cherokee and she, uh, does... She'll take an image, like a photograph or a document, and scan it, and then print it out on like thick watercolor paper, and then weave that into a basket. So then the image is like woven oh, on trippy. the basket. So her and I are collaborating on something for. So you're like drawing an image, and then she's printing it on the material she likes to weave with. Yeah, exactly. Wow, yeah. that's gonna be crazy. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been really cool working with her. I mean, you know, we just been communicating via email and stuff, but you know, it's you know just bouncing ideas off of each other and stuff, and yeah, it's gonna be really cool. I'm excited to see the 
the finished yeah piece but so what's so what do you kind of have in the in the fires next what's going on what are your hopes and dreams and well let's see there's you know the thing with uh going to kansas you know that's that's going to be really exciting um and then hopefully uh a long-term-ish project with the University of Chicago. Wonderful. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, if, you know, if that happens to pan out, then, you know, then, you know, I won't have to go to my day job, and, you know, then I can be able to just kind of, you know, go crazy. <laughs> I know. What would you do even with all that time? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Seems like you've had uh, quite a busy last few years. You've been like, you went to Australia, right? Mm -hmm. And like traveling in the UK. Like, yeah. What's those experiences been like you for an artist, like being able to travel with your work like that? Uh, it was incredible. Um, yeah, when I went to Australia, that was my first time uh, going out of the country. Wow, really? It, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was it was bittersweet because, you know, my family couldn't come with me. But, um, you know, it was just an amazing experience. And what was really cool is that the, the Tamarind who sponsored the trip, you know, they were they were just really excited that I was so excited. And, you know, with the work that I created from it, you know, they were just they really liked it. So, um, you know, it was it was just great. And you know, learning about another culture and, you know, it really helped me to see myself and where I am in this culture and in the United States and, you know, how people look at us. And, you know, it was just, it was really like mind opening. Experience. What did you see? Well, where we went, it was a place called Yerkala and um, it's an indigenous community in the Northern Territories. And um, basically, it's the Australian reservation. But, you know, these people, they they still pretty much live off the land. A lot of them do. A lot don't, but, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, the res is the res anywhere you go. But going there, you know, I had a preconceived notion of what, you know, the indigenous people of Australia were going to be like. And, you know, they weren't, they didn't fit into my, you know, my mind's vision at all so you know I, you know i came there with you know a stereotype in my mind and you know i got blown out of the water and i was just like oh so that's that's why people see us like that because you know they don't know any better mm. you know all, all they see is you know just one side and so they think everybody's like that and that's you know i mean it, it took me you know going to the other side of the world to you know to actually you know see it for myself you know, I guess, you know, cause being on, it's like a one-sided mirror, you know, mm. almost. Yeah. But, and then, you know, and then that just, you know, that put me on the other side of it. And so I, it was invaluable to me. And then, and then going to the UK, that, you know, the other side of it, you know, where America comes from, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, here, you know, this is, you know, this is where white people culture comes from. You know, it's like, you know, they have a culture that they left. You know, and then they came here and, you know, tried to make their own. And it's, you know, it's still really not quite working out as well. <laughs> you know, but, you know, you know, they have they had their own culture, you know, there. And, you know, it's just, you know, why why did they want to leave that? I mean, I guess, you know, probably because, you know, they got kicked out of the country, you know, because, you know, 
you know, thieves and rapists and whatnot, you know, and crazy religious zealots and, you know, <laughs> outcasts of their society. And, but, um, no, it was, it's just really cool, you know, just, you know, just kind of to see the other side, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, and, you know, the people were, um, really welcoming and, um, very open and, yeah, it was just, it was really cool. What's inspiring you right now as an artist? What are you into? Well, for me right now, uh, <laughs> just a very simple thing, just trying to incorporate more color. Um, just, you know, getting more vibrant color into my work. What's inspiring you to do that? You just feel like you need to have color? Yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like I just need to have more color now because, you know, I've been doing the, the black and white drawing for so long. You know, I, I you know, it's just like the next step for me i guess yeah just really simple how has it been uh it's been working out great so far um you know i've, I've been uh, incorporating a map collage to you know to bring more color into my drawings um and you know and just going ahead and using just straight paint actually i kind of started at the tamarind when i was after the australia thing um after Australia, they brought us back to the Tamron Institute in Albuquerque to make lithographs and stuff. So, you know, lithograph is like drawing on a stone and then printing it. Um, but then I was doing these other things and then, you know, and then I just like, wow, this needs more color. You know, it was just, you know, it was just a really free flowing, you know, artistic thing that I hadn't done in a long time since art school. And so, you know, after that, it's, you know, it's really informed my work since. So you, so you knew how to, I mean, you were handy with a paintbrush before. Like, it's not like you're teaching yourself to paint right now. You're just adding color. Um, I, I don't know. I, I never really had any formal painting courses or anything. Um, when I was going to IA, the one painting class that I had, it was called open studio. So basically you just go in and paint, you know, but you know, you had to be approved by the instructor that, you know, if you can come in and paint. So um, and that was Mario Martinez, who was my open studio painting instructor. And, you know, he was just like, yeah, go, this is great. You know, do it, do it. So I was like, okay, cool. And then when I went to the school, our institute in Chicago, they had kind of like the same thing. And, um, you know, the guy who was teaching that course, he was a, he's a pretty well-known artist in Chicago too. So I don't know, I guess, you know, I got some good training. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but you just kind of waited you get comfortable with something, I guess, and you just kind of go with it, or is that why you stuck with pencil for so long? Um, yeah, I, you know, the working with, in pencil and graphite, it's it's comfortable, definitely, and it's you know it's easy and it's portable, hmm. so you can know, do it on the bus. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know it's you know I mean that's like the root of where all the all the work comes from is, you know, mm. from a drawing. And, you know, the thing that always plays through my head is, you know, to have a good painting, you have to have a good drawing. So, you know, I just take the first part of that, you know, I just, you know, why not just have a good drawing? So, mm. and, you know, and it's, you know, for me, you know, having a good drawing, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, it's just as good as having a good painting. Um, but I think my skill as a painter still needs to be refined. So I'm still working on that. Um, you know, I, I, you know, there's always room for improvement in terms, you know, for me in terms of painting. And, you know, for anyone, too. But. And in life, you know, everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, which leads me into kind of the um, the ending part is, um, is there anything that you wish somebody kind of told you, any guidance or any anything that you can offer out to the listeners as advice? Hmm. Uh, if you want to be an artist, you have to be a good business person. Um. You know, you can't just, unless you're incredibly lucky, you know, it happens. But, you know, it's it's like, a you know, being a rock star or, you know, a great basketball player. You know, just, the you know, the really top people, you know, they, you know, they're, you know, born with this innate talent and, you know, can rise to the top quickly. The rest of us, we all have to work at what we do. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we can all be great and, you know, work with what we have and you know make that into something great but it you know you have to have uh discipline to do that and in terms of visual art you know if you want to make a living at it you know you also have to be a good business person as well i think that's that's one thing that i've learned after all these years, after being out of art school, <laughs> wishing that someone had told me that a long time ago. I don't. Maybe they did, and maybe I just wasn't listening. You know, thinking I I don't need to know that. You know, I'm I'm a badass artist. I can do this and that, and you know, learning the hard way. But yeah, I I think that is probably one of the most important things. Um, yeah, discipline and uh, believing believing in yourself and not letting your doubts about yourself hold you back. I mean, you're always going to doubt yourself. Um, you know, like I said, you know, I have this show coming up tomorrow that's opening tomorrow. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I said, I was, you know, I'm just kind of nervous about it. Um, you know, just cause I'm, you know, doubting myself, but you know, I'm not letting that hold me back at all. And, you know, having a good partner saying, you know, this is great, you know, go with it. That certainly helps. So, Another good piece of advice would be to, uh, I guess, find a good partner. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a, a a best friend in a way, huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's invaluable. And speaking of other people, like what artists are really inspiring to you? Or is there any movements that are happening artistically that you're just totally blown away with right now? Man, I am. I feel like I'm just so isolated right now, just focused on my own thing that I'm not really paying attention to what's going on right now. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bad thing. I, you know, I just I feel bad for saying that. I guess you know, like I'm just I'm just so, you know, just really just intent on what I'm doing. And then you know, and then too, I, you know, I I figure at some point you know I'll be able to kind of step back and you know take a breath and you know. Like, you know, pop my head up and look around and see what's going on, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I still look at other artists and what they're doing, but not not a lot. Um, you know, I have, you know, our you know, circle of friends that, you know, always always stay in touch with. And, 
you know, I love all of our friends' work and what they're doing. And you know, I, I think we're all part of a movement that we're creating. I don't know if it has to have a name or not. Um, you know, sometimes I like to call it a indigenous artist renaissance almost. Tell me about your fascination with um, Norwegian black metal. <laughs> <laughs> Norwegian black metal. Um, I got into that because basically there are these kids who went against the pressures of their society, uh, a lot of which was based in the Christian religion. Um, you know, if they're in Norway and, you know, they have the cross on their flag. You know, the Christian crosses on their flag. Um, and not only did they just rebel against it, but, like, they they said, fuck this shit. And, like, we're serious about it. They put their money where their mouth was, basically. And to me, that was just, like, that was really intense. Um, and I, you know, I wish that kind of our youth, had the balls to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I think America kind of learned how to control it, the uprisings that happen, you know, like within, you know, in the sixties and stuff, they, you know, things were bubbling up and things were going to happen. And then all of a sudden it just, mm. you, you know, it didn't because of, you know, they, they kind of figured out how to quell those rebellions and, um, you know, so then seeing that happen in the 90s, you know, that was just like, wow, you know, you know, this is a true rebellion. <laughs> um, you know, it didn't spread, you know, it was just, you know, it was kind of contained in, you know, Norway there. But um, uh, yeah, I just, you know, just the intensity of it and, you know, as violent and as ugly as it was, you know, I mean, it was just, it was truthful. And then too, you know, it's just, I I like of things that, you know, kind of will scare the general public, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you know, because people can't look beyond the facade, you know, um, you know, and once you dig into something deeper then you know, and understand where it's coming from, you can appreciate it more or not appreciate it and say, you oh, know, that's really not for me. Um, so, but, you know, I mean, I, I never like, you know, went so far as, you know, to go burn a church and, you know, all that crazy stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was older then and, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think just, you know, the, the intensity and truthfulness of it is, is kind of what got me into it. And, you know, and then now, you know, just like everything else, you know, to quell the rebellion, it's just kind of been absorbed into, you know, popular culture and, you know, it lost its 
lost its intensity. So, What do you think a way to keep that rebellious spirit alive inside of ourselves could be? You know, like, is it music? Like, does that reignite that for you? Music is definitely the, one of the most powerful tools out there. Um, you know, any movement that's been happening within the last hundred years or so, it's all been based around music. Um, you know, with jazz, you know, it started with jazz, um, Dixieland jazz in the South. Uh, but, you know, it's hard, though, because, you know, there are so many corporate interests that are involved in music now that it's just so easy for it to be swallowed up, you know. Mm. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's still there. And I, I don't know, I think it depends on the individual, too. You know, I mean, you know. Some people will choose to, you know, quash that inside of themselves and other people, you know, choose to, you know, just stay in touch with it. Um, yeah. You know, it's just some of the other people I've met, you know, these, oh, yeah, you know, I used to be a punk rocker and, you know, I, the, you know, those were my punk rock days. But, you know, now, you know, I don't do that anymore. You know, it's just like, you know, well, <laughs> you know, I just kind of, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> You're all, um, once a punk rocker, always a punk That's rocker. That's right, and it's like it's a lifestyle choice, man. It's not a phase. <laughs> so you know, and then there are other people like, oh yeah, you know, I still, you know, I still listen to, you know, I was just listening to Crass the other day, and you know <laughs> that kind of thing. So you know, and this is a parent, you know, one of my kids' classmates. So I was like, all right, awesome. yeah. So you know, I yeah, you know, I think it's you know individuals too, and yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is really, you know, being in that generation of you know punk rock and skateboarding and you know trying to change the world through that way and you know and then not necessarily changing the world but you know changing yourself to be a positive person to change the world you know that was that was a good thing and you know I hope that message can be conveyed through my work, I guess. If not, then I just said it. <laughs> <laughs>